Would you pray with me as I begin? Lord God, in this strange time of isolation and lockdown, will you come and meet with us through these words and through our time spent with you, that we may rejoice in your presence and believe in you. Amen. So I've not preached on Doubting Thomas since I think 2006. The second Sunday of Easter is always John 20, reminding us of the gospel message, putting our own lives into perspective. It's also the Sunday that most vicars are usually on holiday, um, so I've not been uh, around to preach. Um, in fact, it was uh, June, Ali's mum, who preached this Sunday for us uh, last year. There's lots of good sermons out there, hers included, picking up that theme of doubt, how important that is. I love this image. I don't know if you've seen it uh, floating around on social media, the uh, Zoom meeting with Jesus and his disciples. And Thomas, though Jesus hasn't got his camera turned on, and uh, Thomas saying, unless he turns on his camera, I will not believe it. Whereas Simon saying, how on earth is he even in this meeting? I did also see another version of that, which was um, put together by uh, uh, someone else with all the women who Jesus had encountered beforehand in a sort of um, uh, a way of making sure that that gets uh, highlighted uh, too. It was, of course, the women that Jesus appeared to first. But I couldn't find that um, yesterday when I was trying to put that up. Otherwise, I would have had that up there as well. June said to us last year that Thomas comes to faith because he has the courage to voice his doubts. That's why Alpha is so important, to have that space where we can uh, voice our doubts, where we can share our concerns, whether we've been going to church all our life or whether this is the first encounter as we've perhaps experienced uh, something of the body of Christ through these live streams. We had 180 people watch our service from last, last week, which is an extraordinary number. But if some of you would like to find out more, then in September, we will be running the Alpha course again, either face-to-face -face where we get to have a meal and share with one another, or if not, when we'll find a way of doing it online. In our last uh, Alpha session, this last term, we had a great discussion about trust. We picked up a little bit on this last uh, yesterday um, as we've been journeying through uh, the story of Exodus in morning prayer. What does it mean to actually trust? That is the, those who, uh, the people of Israel who left Egypt didn't seem to trust God that much, even though they had seen extraordinary signs. It's been helpful, I think, to have that return of the expert, experts that were so derided during the Brexit campaigns that are, are now back in full force. But even with our expertise, with their expertise, whatever field we might be in, it is only ever our best endeavours as we hope to get this right. We all make decisions, and we make decisions based on other people's expertise and advice. 
dear friend of mine who's involved uh, in the public health response and the activity that is going on, who uh, works to support those who we see on our TV screens, not the politicians, but the, the experts are, uh, around them, said this to me this week. It's all pretty full on at the moment, long hours and constant doubt about what we're doing and anticipation of the inquiry afterwards where we all get hauled through the courts and criticised for what we did. It's a difficult time for many people. Many of us are struggling with our mental health. Many of us are struggling with our physical health. Many of us are struggling to put food on the table. For some of us, this is our day-to-day -day life, trying to get this right, trying to do and respond in the way that makes the most sense based on the evidence that we have. We are created to see, to know, and to follow Jesus, the Word of God made flesh. We're called to be a community of God's people, sharing fully in the world as it is today, and to be concerned for justice, and for love, and for peace. There's plenty of space for doubt at the moment. Perhaps, though, we need to fix our eyes on the hope of Easter. The hope for us here and now in April 2020, in the midst of a pandemic. Perhaps at this time, we need to focus less on Thomas and maybe see what we can learn from the other disciples. The disciples who were not invited to touch Jesus, to put their hands in his hands, to put their hands into his side. I said in the sermon last week uh, that we've got to be thinking these things through, not just blindly going along with what we see. Martha read so beautifully from Colossians for us. She said, if you are raised to life with a the king, then search for the things that are above our actions, everything we do and think and say, the things we share on social media, the way we communicate with one another. They need to demonstrate that we are raised to new life with him. We need to learn to think about the things that are above, not the stuff that belongs to change and decay. Not think so much about the brokenness and focus on the hope that we have in the future. How can we be more like the other disciples this year at this time? Where, without touch, can we see the risen Jesus and recognize him? Perhaps there is an awakening of our spiritual lives at the moment, not separate from our, our physicality, but entwined together. As Wendy said, our reading in Acts uh, comes from the time when the disciples had been meeting um, choosing uh, Matthias to replace Judas as one of the 12. Then, uh, in that account in Acts that we'll look at in, in weeks to come, God shows up, the Holy Spirit descends on them. And just before our reading today, Peter 
has been showing uh, that that extraordinary phenomenon, the wind, the fire, the babbling of tongues, are perhaps best explained by claiming that the time that the prophet Joel spoke about had arrived. But now in our reading this morning, Peter changes tack. He says the reason for these last days being here now is because of the resurrection of Jesus. Nothing more, nothing less. The resurrection of Jesus demands to be explained, not as an odd and isolated miracle, as though God suddenly just did something uh, bizarre to show how powerful he is. The resurrection of Jesus is best explained as the fulfillment of the specific promises made by God. I saw God before me for all time. Nothing can shake me. He's right by my side. I'm glad from the inside out, ecstatic. I've pitched my tent in the land of hope. We might not be able to touch, but we can still believe. Remember that for the early Christians, resurrection wasn't about a disembodied spirit going off to heaven, leaving a body behind in the tomb. That's precisely what the word resurrection didn't mean. Resurrection was and is about a physical body being very thoroughly dead, but then being so very physically alive again that the normal corruption and decay wouldn't even begin. That's why Peter is quoting from Psalm 16 that's set for us today, this time from the NIV. I saw the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body will also rest in hope. Because you will not abandon me in the realm of the dead. You will not let your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the paths of life and you fill me with joy in your presence. Peter has worked back from the babbling of tongues as being a sign of the last days and the outpouring of God's spirit that they had just experienced to the resurrection of Jesus. The sure and certain sign that he is the Messiah, the one that Israel had been waiting for. The extraordinary phenomena of Pentecost were the signpost. But Easter was the reality to which they were pointing. Because of Easter Day, evil itself has been dealt a blow from which, though it still retains some power, it will never recover. Death is swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh, death, is your sting? Christ is risen from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. The trumpet will sound, the dead shall be raised. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Death is swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh, death, is your sting? We've been reflecting in morning prayer this week. The death still does have quite some sting, particularly at the moment, particularly as we look at the numbers of people and think about those individuals and those families who have lost loved ones. But the good news, the great news of Jesus is that with his resurrection, death does not have the last word. 
and so confident in his victory. We claim his promises today for ourselves and for all whom we pray. I saw God before me for all time. Nothing can shake me. He's right by my side. I'm glad from the inside out, ecstatic. I've pitched my tent in the land of hope. You have made known to me the paths of life and you fill me with joy in your presence. Lord, may we rest in your presence today. Amen.